This is my life story, but in words on a sheet of paper. Even though I am kind of talking right now. But anyways, let's take a relatively big step back. Like a 14-year step back. I was a four-year-old Nigerian kid who found himself living in Muscat, Oman, in the Middle East. How did I end up here, you may be asking. Or you can put the blame on my father for that one. He works for Shell and could be sent to any remote country within the entirety of the globe at the company's own discretion. But as for right now, I found myself in a habitable desert, living on top of some mountain. Sadly, my memory of my time here has been broken into tiny fragments due to the culprit, aging. Whenever I find myself reflecting, I usually end, it usually ends up in a game of connect the dots. However, I can say with ease that these were the best years of my life. The five-year-old me was a perfect foil for who I am presently. According to my mom, I was constantly smiling, always trying to make a new friend, and I would never stop talking. This brings up the question of what brought about such a drastic change in my personality and behavior. The answer to that was the up-and-coming relocation that my family was about to go through. We were moving back to Nigeria. I don't know why they told me and my siblings these stories in the first place. It's not like we could relate to any of it. How are they expecting us to somehow gain from it and learn some sort of moral lesson? The only thing that I seemed to grasp from these stories was that the majority of the country seemed, seemed to live in rural areas. And this turned out to be factual as numbers ranging from 70 to 80% of this country were living in villages that lacked basic facilities and services to live a comfortable life. These stories did make me believe that we were going to land in Nigeria and live in a hut in the middle of a jungle. It wasn't nearly as that bad, but it was still pretty terrible. As we were in the process of landing, I was looking out the window and just saw a lot of green. It was kind of refreshing to see this. As soon as we landed and got off the plane, I was hit with a wave of heat. The sweating, the sweating almost followed instantaneously. As I looked around, it looked like everyone was in a rush, talking in a different language, which also turned out to be English. So I could partly understand them, but didn't understand them, if that even makes any sense. All the airport employees varied between a I couldn't care less attitude to a doing the most kind of approach. All these ones were actually the more annoying ones, as they would expect monetary rewards from us for doing what no one asked them to do. My parents just looked pissed. But in all honesty, everyone just looked pissed. And that they hated their lives. I couldn't really blame them. I was starting to hate my own. It didn't make things any better that nothing seemed to be working as well. The escalators didn't work, the air conditioning didn't work, and some of the security clearance machines didn't work. They were just there. They just made everything longer than it was supposed to be. After this, the struggle for transportation began as we had to hustle our way onto a bus that was packed. It was honestly hard to breathe within it at times, and it was clear as day that the driver didn't have a license, or at least a valid one, but the way he was swerving through traffic like a madman, which made me Scared for my life as between June scared for my life as between June 2006 and May 2014, 1,500 lives were lost due to fatal road accidents in more than 3,000 events. But after a couple of moments, I wasn't paying attention to this because I found myself fixated on what was going on outside through the spaces where windows would have been. <clears throat> as I stood on the bus to gaze towards the left, I saw kids my age. Don't forget, I was like eight around the time. 
They were walking on the roads with baskets, cartons, bags, all carrying items ranging from food to drinks and even sunglasses. With the goal of trying to sell as much as they can to drivers and passengers, while simultaneously avoiding incoming traffic. These kids were lanky like twigs that could have been snapped by an infant. Okay, they weren't that lanky, but they were pretty skinny. They all wore like bathroom slippers, even though they were they were the handful that just braved the streets barefoot. And they walked like they ran these streets, or even faced by what they were, but what they could be potentially walking on. As I attempted to revert to my original position, I came to the realization of how lucky I am to be born into a family that didn't have to send their kids to sell items on some highway to make ends meet. Around 71% of Nigerians have to start a day with under a single dollar in their pockets, while 92% of the country couldn't even manage to get past the $2 mark. With the money that I earn for my part-time job, I would be considered high-class in Nigeria. Told a couple of days when we finally moved into our own home after living with a relative who I can't even really remember. However, I do remember conversations about housing and how it was either expensive or just unnecessary hassle as the traditional method of buying land and building over some years, which could be an individual's entire lifetime. In many cases, such buildings are left uncompleted or individuals have to deplete their entire life savings in order to build a home. But despite the bizarre name, this place was where the upper... Ex- this was called the Thousand and Four Estates. Why the name they die is beyond me. But despite the bizarre name, this place was where the top one served Lagos and Okay, that's not entirely true, but that's the conclusion eight-year-old me came to whenever I heard adults talk about it. Little did I know that they were just saying that it was costly, but just costly could become a massive financial burden with the forever rising inflation. The CPI increases at an average of 11.31% yearly for this country. The school was fast approaching, I couldn't be more excited. The idea of meeting new people my age had me buzzing. The only annoying thing was having to wear a super lame school uniform that made me look like a legit pleb. The night before I started preparing myself, playing hundreds of scenarios in my head, I came with complimentary reactions. For each, for each situation, and around 3am in the morning, I felt like I was ready, then proceeded to go to bed. A couple of actually been for only like 2 hours, I got up with a pep in my step, ready and excited for school. Everything was done swiftly and precisely, from brushing my teeth, to showering, and to putting on my baggy uniform. It was all done at 110%. Yes, this was probably the last time that I have ever been like that the morning right before school, and this was like 10 years ago. The school went by the name of Darwin and had two buildings with a random road in between it, which cars drove to. The building on the right side is where the students of a lower class level would stay for the majority of the time. It seemed like it was built in the middle of a giant bush, as the entirety of the school except the back of the school was surrounded by lengthy grass except from the back. To get to the building from the front, you'd have to take the bridge over the mini forest, which was all pretty wacky to me, but I get used to it in due time. This is why I spent the majority of my time while attending the school. My first day really wasn't that great. I thought these kids would be my age, but they were like two years older than me. I couldn't really, I couldn't relate to them at all. I couldn't understand what they were talking about. I didn't understand how verbal exchanges were happening between students on the very first day of school. Whenever I tried to start a conversation, I'd be overlooked, ignored, be told that I sound funny. There was even this one guy who called me a, a question being 
And this little kid, I didn't even know what that meant. So it even hit me like that, like at all. But I wasn't stupid to the point that I couldn't take a cue. The severe feelings of uncom, <laughs> the severe feelings of uncomfort and anxiety that set in tampered my thinking and drowned out the initial thoughts of potential friendships. All that was left within my mind was that this was all somehow my fault and that there's something wrong with me. Over the next four years, I did attempt to try and fit in, but it would just constantly leave me in a terrible state of mind. Because somewhere down the line, I forgot who I was as a person and just ended up following this wave, surely, this wave, this wave, surely, satisfaction. Over the next four years, I did attempt to try and fit in, but it would just constantly leave. <laughs> Over the next four years, I did attempt to try and fit in, but it would just constantly leave me in a terrible state of mind. Because somewhere down the line, I forgot who I was as a person. I just ended up following this wave that provided only that provided only that that only provided that that gave me which provided which only Over the next four years, I did attempt to try and fit in, but it would just constantly leave me in a terrible state of mind. Because somewhere down the line, I forgot who I was as a person. I just ended up following this wave which only provided short-lived satisfaction. Tired of it, started cutting everyone off. I ended up with no one for a period of time. And I liked it that way. I ended up staying as this secluded person. I didn't become a full out depressed loner. I had friends, and I still liked to make new ones. I just needed to be somewhat happy with myself again. And doing this helped a lot. <sighs> I was terrible. This was just terrible. Thank you.